If you happen to be downtown, there was a good chance you would bump into Sandy Bell. You would see him riding his bike decorated with streamers and American flags, carrying a bundle of flowers and wearing a big smile. Bell, who grew up in Chattanooga and graduated from the Howard School, would often walk through bars and restaurants, passing out flowers and positivity to everyone he met. This went on for decades. Even during his own health battles, Bell continued to be upbeat and always had a good attitude. He was diagnosed with colon cancer several years ago and later suffered a stroke and each time the community rallied and donated money to help pay for his medical bills and his living expenses. As soon as people learned of his death, they began sharing their thoughts and pictures on social media. Sean Scott Williamson posted rest well Sandy Bell. Thank you for being a bright light and always making Chattanooga smile. You will be missed. Sandy's brother Jay Bell posted rest in heaven. My brother Sandy Bell. Love you, champ. Austin Garrett posted a Chattanooga legend and an institution has left us. Godspeed, Sandy the flower man. We will miss seeing you around downtown. We will see you on the other side and hope you are holding a flower for all of us. It seems nearly everyone has a Sandy story. Fox and Fern, a floral design boutique, is planning a public tribute this Wednesday from 12 until 5 with pop-up art made of flowers, of course. The owner and her husband said they always enjoyed seeing Belle downtown and they wanted to have an event for the public to honor a man who brought a smile to the faces of everyone he met. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? Stone's Weekly Dose. Because I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a dumb guy. Brian, you don't have to keep trying so hard to impress me. I already really like you. Your midweek download destination. I told you about Brian. I told you. Come on, man. Brian was just making a joke. I'm so lucky to have met you, Brian. You're such an amazing guy. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Welcome in to the podcast for the final Wednesday of January. This is the Stone on Air podcast. My name is Brian Stone. I, uh, If you are a new listener, I hang out on the radio in the afternoons on Alt 98.7 and do this podcast every week and oftentimes I am asked what is this what is this podcast about uh, oh you do a podcast what's your podcast about well it's about whatever I want it to be about and um, sometimes that changes quickly on the fly and sometimes it's put together over the course of an entire week and uh, today I've got a three segment show as normal or at least as is per usual anyway I'm going to start off a little heavier and then get a little little more silly and just screwing around towards the tail end, of the, the, the last two-thirds of the show. At Stone On Air on all social media is how you can get a hold of me. Um, coming up in the second segment of the show, I have the first round of Riverbend Rumors. And it turns out, after years and years and years and years of people who are screaming for them to change their old-fashioned, boring, awful ways. They might actually be doing some of those things. And I was given a list of potential um, artists to headline 
this year's festival. And after doing a little bit of uh, of checking with people who are on the inside of the music industry business to take a look at a few things, I got borderline confirmations and and one for what feels like a solid confirmation on some of these headliners for this year's festival and the new dates. Yes, it will actually be in another month, partially. So um, the first I've seen of that, I will do in the second segment of the show. The third segment of the show, I'm going to do what ends up being the annual, well, recently anyway, the bread and milk fallacy and the hysteria that is the bad weather that we get, but not the same angle you we get from everybody else and all the lame, boring uh, jokes and uh, just overly sarcastic and snide ways of looking at it and the constant berating of meteorologists for quote-unquote getting it wrong, which they very rarely do, as a matter of fact. And uh, this is going to be another one of those that I add to my list. And what is that list? Well, we'll find out in the third segment of the show. But uh, this past weekend, to get into, uh, the, I had a couple of things I was going to talk about that are silly, Trump's tweets and stuff. I forget that one. I won't even go down that road. Um, so I had a really, really fun weekend. Uh, very, very nice, uh, simple Friday, which I always need. I got to have a simple Friday. The, hey, it's Friday night. We're going out, bro. No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> I'm done at work. I'm going home. I want to wake up fresh on a Saturday. And if we want to fill the day full of activities, whether they be outside or at the bar or at a brunch or at a, uh, a ball game, a concert later that evening, whatever, I'm down for just about anything on a Saturday, and um, and then Sunday I just pick up the pieces wherever they might might lie, and then uh, go from there. Might also include a brunch. Might include running around at thrift stores. It might include day drinking. It might include like this past weekend sitting around the house, uh, not sitting around nothing, walking around, cleaning around the house. The 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 studio, the home studio in the garage is freaking pristine right now everything's put together everything's cleaned out all the bonnaroo mess it's been sitting there since june i finally cleaned up had a good day overall had friends and uh and and over and it was just it was great and so i'm sitting around on a sunday night feeling like man what a great weekend what a great way to start this year what a great way to um to just live life right now and about that point Almost, yeah, not quite literally, but I was thinking that, like, man, this is this is it. This is a life. It's gorgeous out. Got people I love, people, uh, you know, friends over. Got the fire pit going. This is fun. And uh, then I get a text message saying that Sandy Bell, Sandy the Flower Man, had passed away. And it was a guy who used to work in local news as a producer for a long time. He's gotten out of that business now but still has uh, plenty of the contacts and I figured he would never send information like that if he uh, didn't know it to be true so I hit him up just to double check uh are you sure this you know I don't want to even start to talk about this until it's verified and then it wasn't long before that that most people started to uh to find out about it and it and then it started to hit on social media and um it was one of those social media posting situations where it really made you feel good because it was nothing but just love and and joy and you know virtual uh, tears over some somebody that the city loved so much and i don't know that everybody in the city knows of sandy i'd say i'd guess everybody listening to this podcast does 
But there's, you know, plenty of people in the different areas, uh, in the suburbs and outside of downtown that don't go downtown and don't listen to this podcast and don't know anything about them. And then I got to thinking once I saw another local guy uh, pass away here this week as well, I didn't know him. More on that here in a minute. And it just got it got me thinking, man, bad, I, I, here I am sitting around thinking about how great life is and how, how, how much fun I'm having and how everything to me at the at this exact moment feels pretty good. And then you look around and you realize so many people are doing so many things and you have no idea. And sometimes people don't even know who they are. Lots of people don't know who Sandy is or the next guy I'm going to talk about after this. So rather than tell you about Sandy, because you likely already know, this is from News Channel 9 this week. And uh, this will give you whatever you need to know if you didn't already know about Sandy, the flower man who passed away this past Sunday night. A man widely remembered in Chattanooga for greeting people with a smile and a flower died on Sunday night. Most people knew him as Sandy the Flower Man. Yeah, he passed out flowers in downtown Chattanooga for more than 15 years. Taylor Stewart explains how he had planned to do that again this week. Roses were Sandy's flower of choice. He picked them up here at Humphreys every Monday, even last Monday, days before he passed away. I don't remember not knowing Sandy the Flower Man. He wasn't hard to spot in downtown Chattanooga. The man with a warm smile and flowers in hand touched the lives of many. This was his keepsake right here. This was his love. This is Sandy Bell, affectionately known as Sandy the Flower Man. He washed windows here at Stone Source. Store owner Anna Baker took him to pick up roses. There were days when you could tell he wasn't feeling good, but he was still smiling. Sandy's sister Harriet says that smile is what she'll miss most. If somebody asks you, how you doing, Sandy, he'll say, good to be here. It's just good to be here. Sandy Bell served in the Marines. Harriet says he had a sheer appreciation for life through the good and bad from the start to the end. He came up to my house on Wednesday and told me he didn't feel good. Sunday night, Sandy died at the age of 61. He celebrated his birthday last week in the hospital bed where he took his final breath. She says the Chattanooga community was on his mind in his last hours. And I want everybody in Chattanooga to know that Sandy loved them for real, for real. When he gave him a flower, it was to make somebody's day. His family is now making funeral arrangements, and they're hoping the community will come by to lay flowers at his grave. Right now, we're in Chattanooga. Taylor Stewart, News Channel 9. Sandy's family says he did not have insurance. If you want to help them in their burial costs, head to our website, newschannel9.com, for a link on how you can do so. And an event honoring this well-known Chattanooga is slated for Wednesday. Fox and Fern will be hosting this event downtown. More specific information about the community event will be available tomorrow. And a GoFundMe account was also created to help the family out with medical expenses. And so if you are one that uh, listens to this early on Wednesday, that event is today. Fox and Fern from noon to 5 if you listen to this at a later date. Uh, at all the information she just gave you, or a quick Google search will find you what you need. This is from the Times Free Press from January 28th. A staff report, the Chattanooga icon who biked the downtown streets in a black cowboy hat, passing out cheerful ch- smiles and colorful flowers, died on Sunday. 
His daughter, Angela Tucker, posted on Instagram January 25th that her dad had been hospitalized the day before on his 61st birthday with a collapsed lung. Quote, please send us good thoughts, she wrote. Sandy's daughter, Angela Tucker, says she's grateful for love and support she's receiving from the community. Quote, finding Sandy less than a decade ago, come right back to that in a minute, was a dream come true. Losing Sandy yesterday has felt tragic, she said in an email. He was the first person I ever met who shared my DNA. It was an indescribable feeling to see someone with my same large smile. And I read that portion of that because of Angela Tucker, his daughter. And it was earlier today, on Tuesday the 29th, I was looking through, just Googling, Facebooking, just looking for different audio, different stories, different posts, different things to talk about on this subject. And I found this thing called Closure, this this trailer for a, a documentary that looks like it came out in the neighborhood of five or six years ago. And it had a really, it, it was basically him being reunited with his daughter after she had no idea who any of her family was. And it was just a trailer and I only watched it once. So I don't know any more of the story than that. And that was just a couple of hours ago. And I went, once I got home, to capture the audio off of that to play there. I wasn't going to play the News Channel 9 clip. I was just going to talk about Sandy myself. But then I got kind of caught without the audio to use when I was already planning out how the show was going to go. So I grabbed that because it was a good vignette. Figured I'd use that as well. But that video is now missing from YouTube and from the Facebook page. I can't imagine why. I don't know if maybe my junky laptop for some reason uh, isn't playing it, but it says video no longer available, and I just was looking at it a couple hours ago. So that story in itself is a story that I think should be told more that I don't think almost anybody knows. And I I, I don't have any great Sandy stories other than I just remember him seeing it out at the bars all these years, bringing flowers to people and everybody being half drunk and, hey, there's Sandy, what's going on, Sandy? And seeing them drive around on the south side, especially down by the radio station now on South Broad, that stone source uh, company that he does uh, cleans the windows for and they give him rides around town. That's about half a block or maybe right across the street. Actually, I think it is right across the street from the radio station. See him all the time, wave to him when, I, when he hit, rides by. And the only, you know, the only story I had was when I was hosting trivia earlier this year. He would uh, down at the feed. He would come in almost every Tuesday. And if he came in and music was playing, I'd turn the music down, grab the mic, and say, "Hey, everybody, it's Sandy. Say hey to Sandy." Now I didn't need to tell half the place or almost any of them to do it. They already knew Sandy anyway. I just wanted him to have an introduction as he walked into the room because I figure it made him feel good. I I can only imagine because he loved people and he loved being around people and people loved him. So to the point of the story, Angela Tucker, his daughter that I didn't know, and then to the story that I saw roughly the same time here at the beginning of the final week of January, this guy named Nathan Sexton who passed away from a uh, from from a brain tumor, from cancer. Long name, I don't have it written down. I don't have the story. I don't have anything to read. Because I didn't know who this person was. And I feel bad being a longtime Chattanooga and not have ever heard this, this guy's story and his family's story. He's a, uh, a, a, one of the co-founders, at least part of the startup of Bellhops. Uh, young daughter, married, uh, runner, played lots of sports growing up. Uh, looked to have everything going for him. And then all of a sudden, one day, started having seizures constantly. And was diagnosed with this very rare kind of 
brain cancer that is terminal. It's just how long can you live with it? And then he continued to run races and marathons and continue to to live a healthy lifestyle and be involved in the community while he was fighting this cancer. And I always find it incredibly fascinating to try to get in the brain, get in the body, get in the mind and soul of somebody who knows they're going to die. Can you imagine? Of course you can't. We can't imagine what that could be like. I feel like I would be the most angry person in, in the world. And I, I mean, the joke might be, of course you would think that, Brian. But I, I don't know what I would think. I don't know how I would react. But it, I don't feel like I could react as positive as stories like this. And I, so I skimmed it through. This. I just found out about this today, the day before the, the, the dropping of this show on a Wednesday. It was Tuesday. I had to move quick. And I saw a local uh, production company. A fancy rhino put this little 10-minute um, video together that started probably a couple years ago, and I didn't even get to finish it all because I was in such a hurry. And I grabbed a couple uh, a couple minutes on the front end of this incredible um, overall production. It is set for you know video and audio um, viewing, so keep that in mind. But um, just a couple of minutes here from Fancy Rhino. This is Nathan Sexton who passed away this week. I've been told I have a certain amount of months or years or whatever to live. You end up getting like a piece about it. Death is a reality for all of us. I just like am forced to think about it on a day-to-day basis. It's a reality for me now and I think it's allowed me to do the things that I've done. I think I met Nathan third grade, Miss Hall's class, and Nathan was the guy that would show off by doing backhand springs all the way across the playground. He's one of the best athletes I've ever met. You want him on your volleyball team, you choose Nathan. Basically any athletic competition I can think of, Nathan was always like one of the top people. He's like, go, 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 wants to go for a run, and then do this and this and this. You know, I was like vice president of operations at this cool startup, and we were doing it great. Literally, Nathan is like the reason that our company is here today. He ran basically all day-to-day operations. And Nathan went from having two people under him to like 30. Everything kind of was really, really good for a couple of years, and it was kind of even a little bit scary because you're like, how can we both love our jobs and have a healthy baby? You know, like, be so happy. It was like the first full work day in our new office space. It was a big kind of moment in the history of the company, and then suddenly this crazy thing happened. And I stood up, and all I remember is just spinning in circles and then just like blackout. And my mom called, Nathan's had three seizures, we don't know what's happened. He was on a stretcher going out and he was having his third seizure. And they said that was the worst, the worst thing. So yeah, I mean, I remember it very vividly and I've never really witnessed anybody having a seizure, let alone, you know, your husband, so. And I woke up with like a breathing tube down my throat. I got a little piece of paper and wrote, you know, why the seizures. And she was like, well, they found a mass in your brain. I said, how, how large is this tumor? And he said, I'd say baseball size. Yeah, they were like, we can tell that it's fast growing and it's cancerous. And that's really all we knew initially. At that point, it was a really weird kind of out of body experience. Kind of like the room just, you know, this is kind of like a vacuum, and I couldn't hear. You know, it, it and so that's two like and a half minutes into a nine, to almost ten minute, uh, very well done production from Fancy Rhino. I encourage you, I implore you to find it on YouTube and um, 
and to watch it. Can you just think about that? Think about that. Just living your life just and things feel good. Just like I felt like I felt like the other day on that weekend when look around and look at how great things are going and how good I feel about stuff. And then boom, you have something like a baseball size tumor terminal in your brain. And the story continues, which I don't, again, just found out about this. Um, and I, I still, I am almost embarrassed to say that I didn't know anything about it until this week. Um, he continued to run marathons here locally in Chattanooga and eventually was able to get an exemption to qualify for the uh, for the Boston Marathon where he went and uh, and participated that. And I believe, if I read right, had another seizure or more than one when he was up there. So, I mean, the guy was just, he was determined to live every single minute of the rest of his life as uh, as fulfilling as he could and it's it's uh it's pretty inspirational so between uh nathan sexton who as i mentioned before i knew nothing about and uh sandy who i know everything about um or at least from, from the stuff we see just what he does with the flowers and going around and hanging out in downtown and just being an overall great human being uh I, you just wonder how many of those are out there in this in the in the world but more specifically in the southeast or in the united states of america and i think there's more of those out there than we realize and it's 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 i hate to say fun it's just fascinating to to learn more about those people how they live their lives and how they uh how they overcame um you know i guess you know to be cliched about it adversity and overall just how they live their life treated people and um it's just, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. That was uh, something I want to do in the front end. I'm going to get away from any serious sounding uh, conversation topics or anything like that on the way out here, and just say Nathan Sexton, Sandy Bell, you'll be missed, and lots of people, people in the city of Chattanooga love you to death. Coming up next, I told you so, Riverbend. You should have listened to me, and it ain't just me. It's people all over the uh, city who have any idea or understanding of how real festivals are supposed to be put on. I'll give you some rumors and the new dates for the the Riverbend Festival coming up next. On the way out, it is Wildflowers from Tom Petty. I figured it worked to uh, segue into uh, me kind of being a jerk, which I tend to do here and there. This is a Stone On Air podcast. It is the weekly dose for January 30th, 2019. Just check that. Look at that. Look at that. Three weeks ago, it was Thanksgiving. Two weeks ago, it was Christmas. Ten minutes ago, it was New Year's Eve. And now it's February in the matter of minutes from now. All right. So I'm going to completely lighten this thing up the rest of the way and get you Riverbend Rubers coming up next. You among the stage is a freaking disaster this stage is the worst stage in the country hey is anybody is this is this microphone on i mean it was it was visibly frustrating you know bands feed off of crowds right it electrifies the moment now 38 special doesn't because their crowd's sitting in a freaking lawn chair ario speedwagon doesn't feed off a crowd because they don't have a crowd but a, a, a hard charging rock and roll band doesn't need their doesn't want the crowd 200 feet away 
And that's what's happened with this disastrous Coke stage. This is an absurd stage. It's, it's an absurd festival all the way around. Shrink it down. Stop talking about how much money it doesn't cost. It only costs 45 People aren't concerned with that as much as you think they are. People will pay for high-quality entertainment. We don't need to shut down the, the, the city for nine days, ten days, however many days it is. What do you do exactly? I don't know. I'm not a festival planner. I'm not sure. It's not, it's not what I'm paid to do. But I am a festival attendee, so that stage has got to go. This thing's got to change. We've got to get down to like a five-day festival, put some actual quality talent on these stages that, that people actually want to see. It's just not a practical layout. <laughs> Is there any way that me and Bonru can be happy together again? I don't know. I doubt it. But maybe. Welcome back into the show. Together. This is Weezer. They released a uh, just out of nowhere teal album. There's the blue, the red, the white, the green, and there's going to be a black as they're calling it, Black Friday, March 1st. And this is the Teal album where they do all cover songs. Can Riverbend possibly make changes that makes it for all of us to be happy together again? Maybe. Maybe. So today, I'll probably keep this segment a little shorter and then get into uh, the nonsense that is the weather talk that we have to put up with every single year. Bunch of dullards and numbnuts everywhere you look. So I get this text forwarded to me, and I'm familiar with the name, I'm familiar with the company, and I, I, I don't know that it's something I would have taken without getting more, um, not confirmation, but then I started hitting up some people I know in the music industry to kind of get some of this looked at before I just took it as something to run with because I don't want to be part of the fake news crowd, certainly. And talking rumors when it comes to music festivals in the industry like that, speculating, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I guess some people could say if you don't know what you're talking about, then just shut the hell up, dude. And I guess I, I could under, entertain and understand that argument, but this is just a music festival. This is just stuff that people have fun with on message boards and social media. And um, if I can get an idea that this could be true, I don't mind spreading speculation that has the possibility of being true when you're talking about something like a music festival, especially one that sucks as bad as Riverbend. So I'll just read you now what this text that was forwarded to me says word for word, and then I'll go and tell you what kind of somewhat semi-verification or at least um, at, at least something that leaves open the window that these could be possible. So it says, thought you'd like to hear before the general public, Riverbend lineup this year will be, yes, I played Weezer for a reason, Weezer, Macklemore, 
Keith Urban and Panic at the Disco. Found out today from a guy I deal with for work who works for the festival. Riverbend will be four days, May 29th through June 1st. So saying that they're going to back it up a couple of weeks. So if that's all I got, I would have not run with this on this show today. So I hit up some people who I do trust and got what is basically a loose confirmation that Weezer is indeed true. Macklemore is a confirmation and what didn't think Panic at the Disco was and wasn't sure about the other two yet. So I'm getting closer now to feeling good about this. Now we all know, uh, as far as the information, I mean, um, we all know because it's been, it's the worst kept secret. It's been announced by a news organization. I can't remember who, who had it first on Twitter that the festival is shrinking. That's happening. They haven't come out and said it out loud because they, they've been trying to scramble and figure out what it is they're going to do. So the only way that I have outside of the about three different people, really only two, and one that I only trust a lot to ask these questions, the only thing I can do is just go to the, uh, to go to Polestar which tells you, uh, which is usually the most in-depth uh, website, or at least it used to be. I just skimmed by it today of where where live shows are going to be. It's not a way to. It's not trying to promote anything. It's just it's just a, a database, a, a, a industry directory, if you will. So I skimmed that, and then I just went to all. Let's see, one, two, three, four of these quote unquote rumored headliners for Riverbend 2019. I just went and found their 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 tour. Uh, schedules to see where they are and to see if it was even possible that logistically they could be here in Chattanooga for that stretch of uh, late May into early June. So I look at Macklemore and he wraps up a long tour overseas, or this is in South America, in Brazil on April 5th. He is then off the rest of April and all of May, so far anyway, and then he'll be back in Germany on June 21st. That leaves a month and a half and leaves him, no, two full months, basically, and leaves him completely available to be scheduled for Riverbend. I look at Weezer's schedule. They wrap up a run with the Pixies right before they go to two nights of Coachella at the end of April, or the middle of April, I should say, April 13th and April 20th. They don't have another gig scheduled until the end of June, and that is overseas in Belgium on 628 also leaving there to be a solid month and a half to be available for Riverbend in late May and early June. Keith Urban, same deal. He's got some overseas dates. He is in Ireland on a final uh, night of a, of a run over in that area of the world on March 10th. He does not have another date scheduled until June 7th in Hunter, New York, which would be the week before the supposed Riverbend scheduling and Panic at the Disco is in also doing uh, overseas touring. At the end of March, they'll be wrapping up a run in Manchester. And then their next date that is scheduled isn't until June 21st at the Firefly Music Festival in, uh, where is that? Delaware, I think, right? Yeah, I think that's Delaware. This is just stuff I wrote down. So that leaves all four of that speculation rumor to be very, very possible based on the schedules that those four bands, Weezer, Keith Urban, Panic at the Disco, and Macklemore, have already on the books. So in just a couple more interactions via text with one of the guys that I uh, trust who is in the music industry, 
saying he is hearing and feels confident that it's a five-day festival, not four. The text I got said four. says five days starting May 20. I'm going to look at my calendar here and make sure that these dates uh, add up. He's saying May 28th, which would be a Tuesday through June 1st. So 28, 29, 30, 31, the first would be a five-day festival. So one of these is contradictory to the other, but they're still so close enough that it does look to be. I feel very confident saying that Riverbend is for the first time, you know, at least in, uh, in in my lifetime, and I would I think in its entire history is moving out of the month of June exclusively and moving into the uh, the end of May and right just barely into June, which really at that time temperatures in this area really shifts quickly there's a lot of times may is still very mild and then every minute you get into june it starts turning into an oven around here and that might help that might be a a really really good transition to get away from the bonnaroo weekend to have their own kind of their own little carved out place to where they can maybe start to have a, a new identity here's the problem here's the incredibly huge problem that they still have the layout of this festival logistically is still absolutely awful and the coke stage and the coke stage is still i mean this the worst main headlining festival stage in the country if you don't change that even if you have a handful of what we would consider quote unquote good bands or higher quality talent, you still have a logistically broken, messed up festival. Just because it's four days less than it used to be doesn't mean it still doesn't have all those still broken components. But I will give Riverbend Brass credit for this. At least they're trying something. It might be too little too late. There might be no saving this mess. I've said the only thing that's going to fix Riverbend is bankruptcy. The only thing that's going to fix Riverbend is the city pushing it out and moving it away because it is a hindrance. It is not something that downtown Chattanooga thrives off of. It is not something that a city that is progressive and as fun and hip and as cool as we become should be proud of because it hasn't been that way. And, And they wouldn't be making these changes if they didn't understand that. And so many of us have been saying that for years thank you for finally being forced into listen listening chip baker and friends of the festival as a whole i like some of those people there i dislike some of those people there a lot of them dislike me a lot of them don't know who i am or or care for one second who i am but i want to be a patron of of all things chattanooga if it makes sense and riverbend for the last Going on really in the neighborhood of 10 years, probably much longer than that, doesn't make sense. I was an apologist for a long time because I did believe that there was good music there a lot and I could I could make Riverbend fun. That's what I would always say. I know how to make Riverbend fun. Now, that doesn't mean that the festival as a whole is, uh, is cool or hip or worth uh, 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 trying to be a champion for, but I can make that week fun. And I can make this lineup fun. If this was real, which I don't believe that every name on this is, but I do feel that a couple of them look like they're to be to be close to confirmed. You know, Macklemore, Weezer, Keith Urban. What was the other one? Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco is huge. Weezer is 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 still very relevant in the people people my age. Keith Urban, are you kidding me for around here? I mean, that's a really nice move. If that's real, that's true. Again, this is speculation, rumor, Riverbend segment. 
So don't take this as fact. Don't run around and tell everybody that uh, here's what I found out about Riverbend. Say that that Yahoo Stone, who's always talking junk about Riverbend over the last few years, got some what he feels like is pretty good information and has verified that all these bands that have been mentioned are all free and have no scheduling conflicts for late May and the very first day of June. Will it happen? Is it going to happen? Do I hope it happens? Let's see. Let me answer all those questions in order. Will it happen? I don't know. Is it going to happen? That's the same question. I don't know. Do I hope it happens? Um, yeah, I hope it does. I, I hope there's something very similar to this list that I have been looking through all afternoon and into the evening. I hope something like this is happening. We know it's shrinking down to a shorter, <coughs> excuse me, shorter festival, and I hope it does. But until you fix the stages and, and the setup and the carnival nature of it and the county fair feel that it has, you're not, you're not, you know, you haven't fixed anything. You've just, you've just gotten really intimidated by the Moon River Festival brass and AC Entertainment and the hip, cool nature of this city, and you're grasping at straws to try to to fix this festival because there is no fixing the the lay of the land if you don't want to do that. And I don't I don't think I don't think Chip Baker and the friends of the festival want to fix that because they've they've built themselves with that, you know, I I I'm sure Bob Corker and the entire 21st century waterfront planning was all about with the friends of the festival sitting around whining and dining each other. How can we logistically make this perfect so you can have the 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 pier and the the barge and all the area to have yourself a big VIP party? Cuz that's what it is, a big ass VIP party. For, for and I often get those VIP passes and they're fun, but for everybody else it sucks. Everybody else who's looking straight up into the sky trying to hope they can get catch a glimpse of an awful act at the awful Coke stage, it sucks. And anybody who gets stuck on Riverfront Parkway because they can't get a better sight line anywhere, having to step on their tippy toes to on the curb to try to see the stage, or anybody who gets stuck in the middle of the sea of all the fold-out chairs with all the absolute duller morons of the world, it's not, it's not fun. That's not good. It's not treating your patrons right. And what Riverbend also needs to understand, and I don't know if anybody in that building at Friends of the Festival can think this thoroughly with the festival because they've never put a real one on. They only put on carnivals. It's not about necessarily every band on the stage. It's not about everybody looking at the list and going, ooh, wow, ooh, oh my God, can you believe it? It's about the festival experience. It's about the user experience. And the user and festival experience at Riverbend has been absolutely shattered into pieces, broken for such a long time. You can put Panic on the Disco all you want on the main stage, Keith Urban or Weezer or Macklemore or whoever you want. If the user experience is awful, you're still going to have people walking away wishing they had more. And if you do these kinds of acts, you're going to have to charge more. You're absolutely going to have to charge more. That's fine. I've been saying it forever. This notion that it's super cool that we have a $40 festival ticket is nonsense. It's nonsense. Put something out there people want to see, people will pay for it. All right, I've said all those things over and over again over the years. Sorry to be redundant. I'll move away from that right now. Coming up next, we got to deal with this every single year. First of all, the meteorologists get bagged on left and right. It's not fair. People do not buy bread and milk only because they're concerned about being trapped at the house. It doesn't happen. It's a fake joke. It's a dumb joke. The national media and overall people who don't know the South don't understand how our winners work. And the winters of the Southeast and how you react to them has now joined a list that has been well documented on this show over the years. And it's a list you just don't want to be involved in. What am I talking about? I will get to that next.
now more. Stone on air. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Stoneonair.com. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. So Jason Lockenfor of CBS joins us. Jason, you are in Atlanta now? I am, Tom. Uh, I've been to three Super Bowls there. It, each one was an ice storm. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the worst. It's just the worst. <laughs> and I think snow and ice are coming today and tonight, yes? That's the word on the street. Apparently they've closed schools and some oh, yeah. are two hours late already. And yeah. people were kind of starting to freak out yesterday afternoon as you went through security checkpoints and stuff. And So, yeah, we're we're getting ready to be... I guess, iced on. One of them, uh, and it's a long time ago, because I was doing ESPN radio at the time, and they had us in an outdoor tent mm. where we were we were right by a freeway or something like that, <laughs> and we could see out the tent, even though it was warm in the tent, and it was the main ESPN radio thing, and I just watched in horror as car after car smashed into other cars <laughs> in the ice, smashed into guardrails, <laughs> overturned, you go... Oh, my God. I mean, if there's ever a city that cannot handle one drop yeah. of snow, yeah. it's Atlanta, Georgia. And every damn time they have a Super Bowl, it happens. Awful. Apparently they don't believe in salt or they don't invest in salt. I mean, the, the conversations are about, like, sand and all these kind of Byzantine ways they try to deal with, I guess, ice and, and snow that tends to compound the problem. And then there, I, I guess there's just an even more irrational fear of this stuff than what you get in the DMV. I, I oh, guess yes. people, it's like a, it's like a mind lock. They just kind of melt down. So, yeah, I'm glad I don't have to go outside. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire uh, is so delightful. We gotta delightful. do it every damn year. Since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. No, it didn't it snow, signs of but it might have. But you know what happens when something might happen? It means that it might not happen. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. I got to thinking when I was looking for a song for this segment, is is this song a Christmas song? Let it snow? It doesn't mention anything about Christmas in it, I don't think. I mean, I didn't pull up the lyrics. It's just about hanging out when it's snowing. I don't know. Side note question, I guess. So, as you just heard, that's a Tony Kornheiser show to my favorite guys ever who still, just like so much of the national medium and so much like other people around the country, they don't understand what the Southeast is all about. They don't understand how... I'm all about things in life. What are you used to? Right? Like, no matter what it is, whether it's your job, whether it's your relationship with the girl that you were in and the girl, the relationship you're going to be in with your your next one or your... Your best friends or the the, the, the the people you normally spend a lot of time with, but because of other associations, you start hanging out with other people. Uh, your, your dog, your cat, whatever. We all get used to what our surroundings environment is. And that's true with the weather. That's true with anything all over the country. And so I think taking an account for what you're used to based on the new things you're doing in life are something you should uh, you should keep in mind. Now, that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what I'm talking about here. What we're used to here is maybe getting snow, which means we might and we might not. Never are you watching a forecast 
And is anybody guaranteeing you that you're getting snow? They're just giving you the forecast. More on the meteorologist here in a minute. But yeah, I mean, you just, just think about this: when 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 Los Angeles and Southern California gets rain, you want to talk about a madhouse, mudslides, and cars and te- smashing into each other. Speaking of uh, like Tony was talking about in Atlanta a few years ago, cars smashing into each other on the what is that? The five going up and down the the coast. People in Southern California are not used to hardly ever getting rain. And when they do, it's usually a, uh, a significant amount for the time. It's not like Florida where you get a passing passing shower or the, you know, the humid areas of the South. If they get rain, they get some rain. You know, it's usually a decent amount, and they don't know how to act in it. But the difference is, is a lot of rain isn't nearly as dangerous as an area who's not used to getting a lot of ice and sleet and snow getting a lot of ice and sleet and snow. Jason Lacanfora, who was talking to Tony on the front end of that, they're D.C. Baltimore types. They get hard winters regularly. They understand how to handle it because the city has to understand how to deal with it or they would be crippled over and over and over again too if they didn't have themselves prepared. The Southeast doesn't have to do that and 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 quite frankly doesn't need to do that. Remember just five years ago, five years ago, both here in Chattanooga and Atlanta, other areas too, but certainly here in Atlanta, there was the ice storm that hit late morning. Everybody was in school. Everybody was then evacuated or let out loose from work and school. At the same time, I was in the mess myself. I was working over the radio station. It was way worse in Atlanta. People were stuck on on 75 and 85 and 400 and all those down in Atlanta, quite literally gridlocked on a sheet of ice on the interstate, and we're stuck there all night. Kids were stuck in schools without power. Here we had not nearly as bad, but people stuck on interstates and people stuck in schools. Everybody was like, who the hell is responsible for this? How could we not be better prepared? What the hell's going on here? Does anybody remember that? Does anybody remember that? It was awful. And what we've done here anyway, and it seems like they've done in Atlanta and across the southeast, that if the forecast says it's going to potentially might have temperatures that could equal ice and sleet and snow and dangerous conditions, we're closing school, often businesses, and even sometimes the, the government for the day. That's not dumb. That's not stupid. That's not an overreaction. That's something that we have learned through past experiences that we should do. It's a lousy day or two. You're going to live thousands of them. It's not a big deal. It's not, it's not funny either. At time, it's actually a very uh, safe and a way, way to, to, to thwart uh, dangerous situations that we've already experienced. It's really, really, really dumb how the reactions that people have and the, and the just Alzheimer patient society that we live in. It's, it's, it's just laughable. And it's, the, I mentioned it earlier. I'll fulfill it on the tease. This is falling into the category, that uh, the list that you do not want to be involved in. There is... The days when all the dullards and all the numbnuts and all the absolute creative list types and the, the unique list types are exposed for the boring, are exposed for their mind-numbingly brainless activity. It is Halloween, Christmas, New Year's Eve, and now adding to that list the southeastern winter 
reactions, especially now that social media is so prevalent. You know, the person who posts a picture with the, you know, six inches on the, uh, on the tape measure when there's a dry ground. You know, the person who can't stop talking about the bread and milk situation, which I'll get into that fallacy here in a few minutes. You know, the ones of Snowpocalypse 19, I survived. Come on, please, for the love of anything that you feel is important in your life, come up with some new material. Oh my goodness, it uh, it drives me nuts. And I know some are thinking, dude, enough already. Quit worrying about something that doesn't matter, but fine. Okay, you want to be a dork online? You want to tell dad jokes? That's, that's, you know, whoever wants to do that, we'll just let them do that. But how about this? We stop talking about how awful the meteorologists are. This is a lot like a referee in a sport, umpire in a baseball game. You only know about when they quote-unquote get it wrong. They're not God. They can't tell you exactly what's going to happen. Most times throughout the year, we'll just go through the seasons, when they say it's going to be 85 and uh, sunshine with passing clouds and maybe a shower on a, on a Saturday here in Tennessee in June, guess what happens? Pretty much a passing shower, 85 and sunshine. They get it right damn near every time. In the fall, when it cools off, and you're going to get the first frost of the year or have a stretch of a couple of days where you're going to be close to the first frost, guess what happens? The couple of days stretch, you get the first frost. When it's in December and they say it's going to rain on Christmas weekend and be a high of 49, guess what it is? Guess what it is? It's 49 or 50 degrees with some scattered showers virtually every single time. And it's all based on computer models. I could be your meteorologist if you would like. Just give me a call. I'll look at my weather app and tell you what I think it's going to be. The difference between me, well, and the average person, I think I could do it. I think it would be fun. But the average person is getting on TV and being, you know, being inter- interesting and entertaining while telling you. It's all, it's all computers and now weather apps that are telling you what the weather's going to be. And going into Monday into Tuesday, the, 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 the forecast was it's going to get much colder over the course of the next couple of days. And going from 60 degrees on Sunday, then back to 60 degrees on the end of the week, and then having almost to teens lows and highs in the 30s, if you, if you book in that with 60-degree temperatures— and you see that the atmospheric barometric pressure is bringing in clouds that are going to contain precipitation, there is a chance, a very good chance potentially, that that might be accumulation of snow. It could also be ice. It could be freezing rain. Or you know what? It might not be any of those things. <laughs> okay? There, it was started last week on like at Thursday. It was like 55 degrees. And there's a, oh, did you hear it? My snow next Tuesday. Yeah, there might be an earthquake next Tuesday too, bro. So I just, meteorologists, they don't ever get it right. They almost always get it right. Almost always. Just like the referee that missed the the play call on that uh, game the other day to go to the Super Bowl. They almost always get it right. They don't sit around and man, they got so many really good non-pass interference calls in that game. That was really good. The umpire, man, that guy called some damn good balls and strikes today. That stuff doesn't happen. People just get lazy and need cheap thrills in life, I guess. So on the way out, too, here, as I wrap up this week's show, we'll go back to the bread and milk fallacy, which is the most infuriating part of this. But I have been doing this for years. So if you've been around at all, you've heard this. If you want to check out, go right ahead. I'm going to do the more calm, not going out, you know, losing my you-know-what version of it. This, oh, hey, everybody goes and buys all the bread and milk. When the weather's bad. That's not true. That's not what happens. 
Bread and milk are some of the most perishable items in the store. They don't have back stock. They only have what's on the shelves. And when the weather gets bad, people go to the grocery store. Because think about it. All the families, people with kids, people who who, who don't go to the grocery store often, if you didn't just get back from the grocery store last night... The chances are you probably are missing something you'd rather have, and if it's been a couple of days, you're probably missing several things you'd like to have, and if there's a a forecast saying that there might be ice and really cold temperatures and potentially snow and rain, why would you wait until it's cold and rainy and sleeting and snowing to go to the store? (laughs) You wouldn't. We wouldn't. People don't. That's why people go. And what also do we all do when we go to the store? We overbuy and we impulse buy. Hey, I don't remember. Is there a half a loaf left or a full loaf? I can't remember. Is there is there a, a quarter gallon left? I can't remember. Is that close dated? I'll just get some extra while I'm here since I'm already grocery shopping. This isn't difficult to un- understand. And then every numbnut all day long makes jokes about everybody bought all the bread and milk because they were worried about running out of bread and milk because of the impending storm. Snowpocalypse 19. Oh my goodness. How do, how do people not get tired of this? How do they not wake up and just say, um, I'm tired of telling this incredibly unfunny and more importantly, joke that relies on information that's just plain not true and never has been. And I will put the wraps on that right now. I guess you could make the same argument. Brian, you say the same thing in uh, in, in reply in rebuttal every year and I guess I guess I am uh, I am guilty as charged on that. I just I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I can't I can't I can't take it. It snows sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. If it does, it sometimes shuts our city down. It only happens a couple times a year at the most. And uh, we'll deal with it by just shutting it down so we can keep people's off the ro- people off the road and keep people safe. If people want to make jokes about that, the rest of the country doesn't want to understand it and act like we're a bunch of, uh, you know, inbred idiots who don't know how to do anything, fine, let them. And if everybody around here wants to make awful jokes that uh, have no real factual basis behind them, fine. And if we all want to blame all the meteorologists for not guaranteeing you get snow, okay, fine. We'll just keep doing this every year. And every year, I will continue to have this segment. That's all I got. I am done. This is the Stone On Air podcast. It drops every Wednesday. Thank you for finding it. If anybody should happen to ask, where did that cat go? Just tell them I'm gone. See you later. Bye.